Hop aboard the TARDIS and set your coordinates for Hulanta, Atlanta's premier Doctor Who convention, May 5th through the 7th at the Marriott Atlanta Century Center. Meet 6th Doctor Colin Baker, Perry Brown, actress Nicola Bryant, Jackie Tyler, actress Camille Kuduri, scriptwriter Jamie Matheson, artist Kelly Gates and Mark Maddox, representatives from Retro TV, authors, podcasters, and more. There will be discussion panels, Q&As, a cabaret, a masquerade, live music, dance on the Orient Express, a dealer's room, kids' activities, and fun for the whole family. For more information, go to Hulanta.com. Hulanta 2017. Don't miss it. Hello. Sir. Uh, we were just admiring your garden. Yes. Moving on now because there's nothing of particular interest here. Cheerio. If he's chasing us, he's moving very slowly. Do you know what it means when something chases you very slowly? What? It means there's a reason that they don't have to run. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode number 43. We are reviewing, once again, Doctor Who, and this is Discussing Who. I'm Kyle Jones. Make sure I don't forget who I am and say who I am. And tonight we have brought back someone who looks to be a regular contributor to our Discussing Doctor Who you know, theme that we've got going on, especially during Series 10. So we want to welcome back our very own alternate world version of River Song, Angie Meadows. <laughs> hey, Angie. Hey. hey, it's great to be back. See, now you were supposed to say, hello, sweetie. So let's try hello, that again. Sweetie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> welcome back. Glad that you are here and uh, glad that you came back on with us. It's good to be here. Hello, sweetie. Uh, see. <laughs> there we go. All right. So you, uh, you're going to get a chance in just a minute to redeem yourself, and, you'll, <laughs> and, and, you, and you will know uh, when I mean in just a moment. So tell me, what, what have you been up to? Any trips in your TARDIS lately or anything like that? <laughs> well, we're getting ready for a, a trip to uh, Southern Geek Fest so, uh, coming up in May, so we're pretty excited about that. Having you on tonight, I actually probably expect to hear the TARDIS while you're on, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear it. Oh, it's going to be great. So now tell me, what are you, uh, are you doing another uh, version of River, or what are you doing other than taking the TARDIS? Uh, I've actually got uh, two versions lined up for that day. Uh, well, for uh, Saturday, I think we're doing... Uh, I'm going to be doing, um, well, wait, excuse me, Sunday is going to be uh, Impossible Astronaut River. Uh, sat- uh, Saturday is going to be uh, Time of Angels River with the black dress. So that's gonna oh, be cool. Yeah, cool. So. so did you guys do Southern Geek Fest last year as well? And I know you we, told us this. Right? Oh. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was a great first year for that con if you guys didn't make it down there. And I highly recommend it. It's just and uh, the cool thing was there were so many people there in Hattiesburg that had never been to a con, and that yeah. was like their first, you know, their first time and their, you know, their exposure to it. So it, it was really, I think it was a really good success. And you know, there's some really good people putting it on. So I mean, it's I I I highly recommend you know everybody getting out there and checking it out. So from the perspective of you know what you know, obviously it wasn't a Doctor Who con. So what kind of right. con would you give? southern geek fest for someone that might be listening that says oh well it's not a convention but it is a convention so tell us you know what could they expect 
Oh, well, I mean, it's just a good overall, you know, it, it covers, you know, pretty much any, you know, all the fandoms, you know, all come together, which, uh, you know, a lot of the Southern Geek people, you know, if, if you've ever, you know, which I know you guys are members of the group on Southern Geek on Facebook, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we saw everybody from, you know, Harry Potter to, you know, Dragon Ball, Captain America, you know, pretty much any, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it was just, everybody just kind of came together. It was a great, you know, mishmash of, you know, all the fandoms, so. It was, uh, and like I said, it's, you know, it's a smaller con, so it's a lot more, you know, a lot more personal, and, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, they, you know, they had some really good guests last year, and I think they've got, you know, some pretty good ones lined up this year, so it, it should be a good time. We're, we're looking forward to it. We had lots of people. Uh, we actually had our Weeping Angel there last year. I don't know if she's going to oh, be there wow. this year, but uh, she's pretty scary if you ever get to see her. she's She does a very, very good um, interpretation of a Weeping Angel. I mean, it's it's pretty 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 real <laughs> so, so angie i have to ask you have you heard of this show called cosplay melee on sci-fi network i've heard about it but i have not been able to watch it but i have heard i've heard great things about it and these people they are serious <laughs> yes yes it's it's really really good and since the last time we spoke with you i mean my head has just been going on stop like what can I build, lowly old Clarence? What can you build in the cosplay world? And uh, that that show is great. So uh, just a suggestion to you guys out there, if you want to see some of some of the upper tier people <laughs> go at it and build stuff that seems like it should be on a movie set or something, uh, yeah. de- definitely check that out and give you a lot of ideas, even for people starting. I think because it it get, made my mind kind of turn a little bit on things that I could possibly do. So. Just fun. You know, here's a suggestion considering the fact that Angie does the cosplay is once we have finished with the series of Doctor Who and we're not doing the weekly Doctor Who's anymore, because I, I know you introduced me to that show and I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, but maybe we could watch a couple of episodes. Angie, you, you could come back on and give some ideas of what you thought about it since that's kind of your realm. Oh yeah, I would love to do that. That sounds like a sounds like a lot of fun. Cool. So let me ask you a question, and I know we are reviewing tonight uh, episode two, which was Smile. And before mm-hmm. you, um, anyone listening, before we go any further, I want to let everyone know that this is a review, and we're going to be talking about what happened into the story. So, Angie, in your best Rivers song voice, warn people of potential what going forward. Spoilers. 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 Good deal. So, Angie, back to pi- I want, let's go back to the pilot episode. Can you kind of yeah. give me an idea of what you thought? So, tell t- tell us about what you thought about the pilot episode. Well, first of all, that's how you do an opening series episode. That was uh, I was just overjoyed with just how great it was. That's the episode that we've been looking for in my mind since you know since Capaldi took over, and uh, you know that that we should have. I, and it makes me really sad because you know this is the last series and he's just getting started. You know they just they they just really they just tore up the scenery. I loved it and uh, the the chemistry that he and Bill have together. I I really enjoyed that. 
and honestly, it's kind of like, um, to me, uh, I read an article where uh, they they advised Pearl Mackey not to actually watch the episodes. Really? You know, or the pre- yeah, the previous yeah, episodes. Yeah, I read that yeah. too. And, uh, you know, so that she could kind of uh, experience it as Bill experiences it. So it's really kind of cool to me, you know, the dynamic coming from, you know, you have, you know, the, the Time Lord, you know, full of wisdom and, you know, 2,000 years old. And you've got the, you know, the the uh, the new person, you know, Bill. And then, you know, their counterparts, you have, you know, Peter Capaldi, who's, you know, super fan. And then you have, you know, Pearl Mackey, who is, you know, new to it as well. So it's kind of neat that, you know, they kind of have that dynamic going on. And I, I think it just really, really came over well, you know, across, you know, on the screen. I, I really enjoyed that. So what and, did you think about the whole story of, you know, the star and the, 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 the oil or the liquid or whatever? What, yeah, what was the, your takeaway on The puddle, on? I think. The puddle. Yeah, there the you go, the puddle. <laughs> the space puddle, the space shuttle puddle. Yeah, the space <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved it, and, it's, and I and I think I, I made this comment uh, on Facebook about uh, you know it's it's you know Whovians can be afraid of a, you know a puddle of water like that because that's what it looked like a puddle yeah. of water, you know, and it's it's amazing how you know the show can do that, and I, I love the story, I love the overall story, I loved the uh, the office. I think that was my favorite part. I'm yeah. sure that probably everybody says that, but uh, you know, oh, the desk and all the Sonics and you know the pictures of Susan and River. I, I just really, I you, you can't see that without getting emotional. I mean, that was that was really, really just. I just loved it. Um, and to me, I mean, they kind of started out at the beginning. And at the beginning of this, the next episode that we're going to talk about, they kind of did the same thing. They're really going back to the to the beginning to the first Doctor, and you know they're really kind of, you know, foreshadowing back to that. And um, to me, you know, we've got that rumor floating around that, you know, we're going to have uh, David Bradley doing uh, William Hartnell, and um, you know, in the Christmas episode, supposedly, you know, like I said, that's just a you no know, wild rumor, but. Um, to me, those little flashes and, and, you know, nods and things like that are kind of, you know, they're kind of giving a little, you know, a little momentum to me. So, you know, it's kind of like these foreshadowing that I kind of, you know, got that from that. But, um, I mean, overall, I just, I, I loved it. It really, it, it's what we've been waiting for. So it, if it, you were to give it a f- one to five, what would you give it? Oh, <laughs> I'd probably give it a six. I loved it that really? much. I really did. You know, oh. and of course, you know, I'm like everybody else. What is in the basement? You know, that, yeah. that that's just really and you know, and, which I love a good story arc anyway. So that's going to be kind of neat, you know, to see where that goes. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I want to know what's in the basement and I want to know why Nardal is so upset about it or so, you know, stressed about it. He's stressed, you know, he's, you know, he's worried about this. Whatever this is, I mean, he's really, you know, he's really stressing. So let me let me ask you, and I've got to pick on Clarence for a moment. So tell me <laughs> if you were to compare Capaldi, Clara, Capaldi, Bill, compare and contrast, and tell me what what either worked or didn't work, either with Clara or with Bill or both, or what are your thoughts? Remember that? Oh gosh, that's I'm gonna get in trouble. 
Oh, it's well, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I won't be offended. I hear it all okay, the time. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, we actually, you know, we actually have one of our cats named Clara Oswald. So, you know, but that, you know, I, I, I've actually, you know, I've been a fan of hers. I, I mean, I've loved Clara, but honestly, I, I hate to say this, but she overstayed her welcome, and she really that whole, you know her claiming to be the doctor and you know in the last series it kind of concentrated more on the clara show instead of the doctor you know and and i'm i mean i'm sorry but i just i loved her but it was time for it was past time for her yeah. to kind of move on to other things it really was but so in that case i mean i love the the chemistry between the two i i, I really prefer bill and the doctor over clara and and, and capaldi yeah, I mean we we've talked about it before, but by the time the doctor and Clara, the current doctor and Clara mm-hmm. hook up, she's already so ingrained in the world of the doctor and has this certain bravado about her that she no longer is really a companion. She's kind of on the same level in a lot of ways with the doctor, and Bill does provide that new freshness. And asking all these questions that we want to know, uh, you know, like you said, it's the first time we've seen that with Capaldi. So I, I think it's a good change, regardless of how much I love Miss Clara. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the actual episode of Smile. And again, if anyone has not seen the episode, put us on pause or save us, download us from whatever you're listening to. Go out. Rent it, Amazon, or not rent it, buy it, however you want to watch it, Amazon, iTunes, however, and uh, watch it, come back, and then play again because there are spoilers ahead. So, smile. We see the doctor and we see uh, Bill arrive to somewhere in the future. They're actually, um, you know, coming up to this big... Well, well, can we, yeah, go ahead. Can we can we can we back up even before they actually sure. get there? Um, so they are. This episode starts off exactly where the last one left off. They're like in the TARDIS talking, and yeah, Bill continues to ask all these questions that we want to know, but in an awkward, slightly weird way. <laughs> you know, she's asking about the seats. Where's the steering wheel and all this type of things. So, I mean, I like the fact that Bill is there and she's asking these questions that we want to know. And I, I still find it just so refreshing to see this uh, interaction between her and the doctor. Uh, what did you guys think about that, that opening scene there? Angie, what do you think? Um Oh, I loved it. It's you know, and it was so you know the things that she said. One of the lines that she said, uh, do you, "Are your arms like Mr. Fantastic?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. That was good. You know, all the all those cool things. And again, that was more you know that opening scene. That was kind of you know he he he's kind of you know going back to you know going back to the first doctor and everything. You know, I stole it. You know, she's like, you know, how much did you pay for? He said, well, I stole it. She goes, well, what if I steal it from you? And he's like, well, have a go, you know. I mean, they just they their banter and their back and forth. It's just I, I love it. It's that's like you said, you know, Clarence is refreshing. It it's, it was much needed. Yeah, to kind of you know revive it. Yeah, and I kind of liked you know even in that beginning, seeing um, you know Nordal really isn't happy to have her there. <laughs> Mama Nordal. <laughs> yeah, it's mum. <laughs> Mom's here. It's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, he um 
he and the thing that he said about I won't be a slave to humans what yeah. that that was kind of like okay so is he like a slave to the doctor I mean what is he yeah. you know what, what was he trying to say bit of an assistant um and yeah he he also brings up the oath again which you mentioned earlier and and this um whatever the doctor's doing to protect his vault and uh the doctor actually says something when he actually says kind of a a rousey speech about what they're going to do next he he i'm trying to quote it if i remember correctly between here in my office before the kettle bowls is everything that has ever happened or ever will i thought that was so freaking awesome and i love that little monologue you know where that comes from don't you oh that's old (laughs) yeah It is the uh, it is a redo of the conversation that the eleventh Doctor had in the eleventh hour with young Amy Pond, uh, talking about you know everything that ever happens ever will. Awesome, awesome! Yeah, I love that bit right there. It's great. So we so let's go back to the field. You know, we see well. Actually, this is. You know, pretty much at the very beginning, almost, we see the um, woman in the field and the the happy little robot uh, following along. <laughs> and then they get back in and it's like, everybody is dead. Smile. Everybody is uh, dying. Smile. Yeah. Uh, Clarence, what did you think of that? Um, at first, I had no idea what to think. Um but yeah, something bad is going on, and and apparently it's tied to your emotions. Uh, <laughs> the I thought the first look at the robots were pretty funny because they look kind of like these cute little things, and they turn out to be uh, be controlling some savage nano bot looking things, the Verdi, whatever they're called, the Vardy uh, thing. Vardy, yeah. yeah. Vardy, what, yeah. What, what did you think about that opening, Angie? Uh, uh it was. <laughs> It was kind of funny, but, you know, when I saw the robots, it was, I said, oh, yeah, you know, these things are evil. <laughs> you automatically get that, and you know, nothing is yeah. bad you know, with the emojis and things like that. Oh, yeah, there's no way. And uh, then when, you know, when uh, the uh, other person, you know, is, oh, smile, smile, you know, your mom is dead, you know, smile. Yeah, and, like what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, how do you respond to that? And then all of a sudden, you know, the little bot looks like it's been, you know, attacked by the Vashta Narada. So it's like, you know, it's, you know, all the skeleton faces and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not good at all. Yeah. But um, it was it, it was pretty. It was intense there. You, you know, I, I never got the Vashta Narada reference, but you're right. It does kind of look like many, many space, space suits people yeah it kind of did that's what you know that's what i kind of you know i kind of went back to silence in the library and what they you know what the you know the people look like after they were attacked and that's kind of what the little robot looked like so which is kind of funny and i never thought about this but that actually is a throwback almost to scooby-doo because there was a uh scooby-doo monster that was a skeleton in a spacesuit Oh yeah, really? huh. yeah. Because uh, because it was that. one of the I'm not sure it, uh, you know it was one of the Scooby Doo cartoons before they got rid of uh, Fred and uh, Daphne, you know toward like into the 90s. So this was like during the 80s. But I can remember in the uh, uh, maybe it was the new Scooby Doo Mysteries or something. But it was that opening uh, of Scooby Doo, and there was a skeleton in a spacesuit that I remember. And I don't know why, but I've never thought about that until now. 
forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. But yeah, you're exactly right. So yeah, not, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I also love, I mean, from these opening shots of the woman walking in the field, as well as when she got to the structure, just the look of the world was, was absolutely beautiful. Uh, I saw some behind the scenes showing the actual place they went to film this, and it is it is a real place. <laughs> it's, it's not out in the field, but it it is a very very beautiful structure, and I thought it was it was excellent. So I, I really loved how the look of this episode started. Yeah, me too. And I didn't know this, but um, they actually did until well, I didn't know this at first, and I was on the cult um, commentary the other night, and I, don't, I think it was Ian that said that this place, I think, is somewhere in Spain, and oh, really? it, uh, they did not have to do any type of you know, aesthetic changes or anything. That's actually what that building looks like if you, know, if you were to go inside. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we saw the Vardy, and we saw you know, the... the um, you know, I, I call them. They look like uh, gnats at first. So, yeah. you know, they 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 quickly we find out become, you know, the bad guys, or they're 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 what's going on, or they're they're whatever is bad that's going on. So, yeah. um, where you know we you know we see all of this happening, and we see Bill, and we see the Doctor interacting. And I found it very refreshing that you had still in this, you know, pretty much the whole story. It's organically telling some of the things like the two hearts and the stealing. Of yeah. What do yeah. you think about that? Uh, I mean, it definitely, um, again, Bill, asking all the questions we want to know. Um, even yeah. if we go back to the beginning of the episode when she talks, when they first walk out into the field that brown uh golden looking field with just a blue tardis sitting out there which i thought looked fantastic really you know is. she she asks him like she asks him again why is this thing still a police box <laughs> and I, I think that played a little bit into the episode later when she reads the call the sign on the police box but you know just again how refreshing it is to have bill on the show ask all these questions we want to know and i've asked you the same question which we talked about in the last episode why is it still a police box so again she's just doing all the things being our surrogate uh, uh to, to being a surrogate to us for the show uh, what what about you, Angie? Did you like some of the um, small things we got throughout the show? Little nods? Well, one of the things that she said during that scene, which I agree with you, Clarence, that was just, that was a, an amazing shot, which is the blue TARDIS in the field like that. I, I really loved it. Uh, one of the things that she said, you know, um, you know, do you like it like that? I, I can't remember exactly what it looks <laughs> Yeah. You know, the doctor said, who says I like it like, you know, who says I like yeah. it? <laughs> I've <laughs> never thought about it until, that until now. I mean, it's okay. So is he unhappy with, you know, with the police box, you know, appearance? I mean, that's yeah. just never occurred to me until she said that. And I thought, wow, that's a great question. And, you know, uh, is your blood pressure high? Right. You know, when she finds out he has two hearts, you know, things like that. I mean, that's just really, I, I just love that about her. I mean, she's just so, you know, just genuine and quirky i just love it so to ask my my uh doctor who historians on hand here i have a question for you guys uh was 
it always the case that it was stuck in that form or was that something that came later to try to explain why it is a police box? So who's taking that one? Let's do the ladies Uh, first. uh, (laughs) Well, you can correct me, but I'm because I'm not honestly not really sure, but I think that it's always been a police box. And is, is, am I correct on that? You are correct, with the minor exception that there was an, uh, one story that uh, happened. I think it was the, the Remembrance of the Daleks, Resurrection, uh, not the Daleks, Remembrance of the Cybermen, or some kind of, uh, there was mm-hmm. a Cyberman story with the Sixth Doctor. And again, this is one of those, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he fixed it. Temper just during that episode, and he it was like a piano or some kind of something that but that was actually back in the I am foreman junkyard that he materialized in. But it uh, he did fix it, I believe, for that episode. But I think by the end of the episode, it was broken again, and it's been the TARDIS, I mean, the police box ever since. Huh, interesting, interesting. And we also know that it gets stuck in the shape of a diner as well, or can get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so getting back to these, uh, the whole, I guess, point of the episode, the, the emotions, the smile. Uh, what do you guys think of those emotional indicators that were kind of uh, lodged on their backs? And first of all, whoever came up with that idea was insane. <laughs> <laughs> because to have these robots react to your emotions, I guess if they're nice robots, it's a good thing. But, I mean, I guess we quickly see what happens when it goes around. Uh, what do you guys think of the look of that and how it gave us different perspectives throughout the episode? That's a good one. <laughs> Honestly, when when they were talking about, you know, it, it had it the little, you know, uh, it, the little circle you fixed where you couldn't see it yourself yeah. and they, you know, and they, how they explain that. Well, you know, if you can, you know, if you can <laughs> see it yourself then you kind of automatically try, no, oh, no, you know, I can change yeah. it. Yeah. You those. know, and <laughs> speaking from, and, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to throw our whole gender under the bus here, but you know, a woman's, you know speaking from a woman's <laughs> point of view, you know, you know, we can kind of, you know, flip a switch sometimes, you know, that quick. So I, I, you know, I kind of understood that, you know, why it would be as, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know why they would do that. I mean, you know, so I, I thought it was kind of brilliant. You know, I found it interesting. Number one, that they, that it was on their back that you couldn't, you know, see it. You know, it was it, it it was it was seen from the back, and you know, the, a, a question was posed that that I heard, which was, you know, why was it on the back? What for? What purpose did they send it to the back? Wasn't it on the back of the robots? That's where they're. Didn't they have a yellow emblem or yellow emoji thing on the, on their back as well? Or was or am I remembering that wrong? don't remember that but i could be wrong i don't remember that huh because i think they just had the face but uh, go ahead and and and, and it may not be it seems like they did but i may be you know i i may be wrong yeah they very well may have so all right well let me me ask you this question clarence uh i'll throw the question back at you and 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 ask it this way because this is something i'm curious about if if you can fake the 
emotion <laughs> thing with a smile, then how true is the emotion thing in itself? Because it's really not p- then picking up a an emotion. It's picking up a you know Face. expression. Yeah. Well, I. I think they weren't able to fake it because even even the uh, the woman at the opening scenes that um, told the woman coming off the field to smile, even she was trying to smile and she couldn't contain it. And she still got, you know, ultimately to her demise. So, I mean, I, I think smiling like even the doctor said it smiling actually lightens your mood and makes you feel better. I don't know if that's some psychological study that's out there, but he kind of quoted that for a second there. So I think even if you're not genuinely sincere about it, smiling could have some effect on your emotional state, which Hmm. I think that's what they were reading more of your emotional state versus what's on your face. Hmm. And I could see that because I, 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 I've read that. I mean, I've read something similar that yes, smiling creates, you know, endorphins and, you know, does give you a happier disposition because it's, I don't know, it's it's something literally tied to smiles equal happy. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely. But again, on on the uh, actual wearing the emojis on their back, I I thought it provided some excellent scenes where they pan up to the actor's face, whether it's a doctor or a bill, and then pan down to their emoji and like kind of give you the other view of what the doctor is really thinking, which, you know, if you, if you know the doctor, you can see it on his face, you know, kind of some of the scenes where he's questioning his theory that the uh, colony is going to be populated later. Uh, and then it kind of pan down to his emoji. And he's just like a puzzled look. <laughs> I thought that was really fantastic. So did anybody did, else laugh about his eyebrows on his, on his oh, emoji? Yes. You know, it, it had the <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go ahead and answer my question and say, yes, I did. So you two will not be embarrassed to answer this question, hopefully. But Uh-oh. having said that, yes, I did, before. I, like I said before I asked it. But did either of you find yourself co- subconsciously smiling at any point during this episode oh how did you take it first Andy? <laughs> <laughs> i did I, I did i actually caught myself smiling and yeah because it was i think it was kind of an involuntary response you know which you know you've got all the great you know scenes going on in the great you know back and forth between you know bill and the doctor too but i mean I, there was just something about you know the emojis and all that yeah i caught myself smiling i really did Okay, so that's two out of three. So you're going to make it <laughs> unanimous? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's subconsciously, but I know the few times I really smiled. Uh, one is when Bill took out her uh, phone and took pictures. I thought that was crazy. <laughs> you know, the doctors are letting her do that. And the other is when they walked into the uh, fertilization section. And the doctor had kind of already figured out what was going on. And, you know, he picked up the locket. And he kind of knew something was bad and he was, you know, rerunning the theories he had proposed through his head again. And Bill uh, comes in and says, uh, great day out, huh? Or something like that. She was just smiling. I like bust out oh, yeah. laughing. <laughs> I like, she, little does she know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do think I smile quite a bit in this episode as well. So we see when they finally do get around to finding the human part of the 
ship. And, and at first, you know, the doctor's thinking, okay, they've killed everyone and everyone's gone and then, you know, these things must be destroyed, et cetera, and so forth. The visuals of the non-robot uh, versus the human created, it was amazing to yeah. me how dingy it was. Stark, stark, stark difference, which, you know, it makes a lot of sense what the doctor said. Okay, the, this was built by the hands of man, and the other part was built by the nanobots or whatever, Vardy, whatever you call them. So, um, I mean, yeah, it made a lot of sense, though it probably was just, you know, it's cheaper to find a factory to shoot this part in. <laughs> so, but I, I, I really enjoyed the contrast there. All right, so Angie, tell me what you thought about, you know, when you first saw the little boy show up, did you, what did you think he was? I'm not going to ask, did you think he was this or that? What did you think he was? Did you take him for what he was, or what did you think he was? Well, you know, at first it kind of shocked me. You know, I I thought, you know, did did he have something to do with this whole thing? You know, was he kind of, you know, you always kind of say that, okay, is he like the catalyst of all this or, you know, and then I realized, you know, he probably just woke up early. (laughs) You know, because I'm always trying to speculate, oh, this is, you know, this means this. And then I'm just like, oh, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just that he woke up early, but. Then, uh, you know, I, re- I had remembered, you know, the doctor, he had the, you know, he had the locket and everything. And, um, and I was just like, yeah. oh, so he's related to, yeah, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna find out somebody, you know, close to him is, is gone. So. Well, they did say when they entered into the, uh, the spaceship part that it started firing up a bunch of systems that were, uh, I guess, uh, reacted when a human walks in or whatever. So maybe that triggered uh, him waking up as well as I think the other guy that woke up at the time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it it did kind of, I ain't going to say scared me. It was shocking a little bit because I was expecting another robot. So, but uh, yeah, even before that, when the doctor tried to leave um, Bill in the TARDIS, I want to ask you guys, has that ever happened before? We tried to like go out and have an adventure and just leave his companion in the TARDIS. To, to do something while he's he's actually off having fun. Oh yeah, back in the old days, watch any of uh, the Six Doctors era, and I would ne- I, I'll put it this way: I would not have wanted to have traveled with the Sixth Doctor. Wow! <laughs> because I mean, he he his personality was. So in contrast to the to the others, in the sense of, you know, it was I'd, a lot actually like Capaldi's Doctor, but more to an extreme in a sense of, okay, don't irritate me. I'm doing something. I'm the Doctor. Do what I say, and um, you know, keep going. Case in point, in his first episode post regeneration. Uh, the companion that he was with, Perry, he actually tried to strangle her <laughs> in the first episode. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and just as a side note, we get to meet both that version of the Doctor and Perry at Hulanta uh, next weekend, which is very darn cool. Very yeah, we're going to hold them the so task jealous. for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know I I I do have to say this about uh, and I'm not saying it just because we're going but this is actually you know true you go back and you look, read anything about um, 
you know, the Six Doctors era, yes, that um, portrayal was a little more, you know, hard-nosed uh, version of the Doctor. But uh, he actually, he being Colin Baker, actually wanted to stay and hopefully surpass the tenure of Tom Baker. But alas, you know, there were some internals going on at the BBC, and then his tenure got uh, cut so short that he didn't even have a regeneration scene. Um, yeah, our, um, our friends, I guess, that we're going to maybe uh, hook up with at uh, Hulana, is it Mark Who 42? Yes, name of the Mark show? Who 42. Yeah, now they actually interviewed the woman, I can't remember her name. Nicola just, Bryant. Yeah, they interviewed her and they actually talked about why she left and why that kind of all ended badly. It was it was very interesting. So I I would suggest anybody go check that out. It was a couple episodes back from them, but it was a pretty good conversation with her. So without you know getting too much into you know I you know I want their episode to be their episode, but just in a layman's terms, what was your interpretation of why she or he left? Uh, it, it felt like it was an upper management thing or a showrunner thing. Uh, kind of felt like that's what it all boiled down to. But uh, what, what do you what do you think it is? All right. So, um, Angie, are you familiar with this story? Uh, very vaguely. So, okay. Um, so there is a you guys. so there is a villain in Doctor Who lore called Michael Grade, and he has mm-hmm. never appeared on a version of. Uh, Doctor Who, uh, a, a funny joke, though, in our episode where I did the villains or where, when we ranked our top villains, I actually included him in the cover art as one of the Doctor Who villains. But Michael Grade is actually like a BBC controller, like the head of NBC or the head of CBS. He had a similar or the same position at the BBC. Well, wow. he pretty much was responsible first for there being like a... 18-month, 24-month gap between Colin Baker's first season and Colin Baker's second season. And ironically, his second and only season that he had, literally Doctor Who was on trial with the BBC at the time. Hence, the entire span of that season, the overall arc of that season is called Trial of the Time Lord. (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, you know all jokes aside seriously that's the there that's were th- crazy there were three uh you know it was a 12 uh episode uh you know overall story but it had told in three parts so it was like three mini stories but the trial took you know that whole season and at the end of the season the only way to bring that he would agree to bring dr who back was Colin Baker had to leave, and then uh, Sylvester McCoy came in to play the seventh doctor. Colin Baker wouldn't come back for uh, the regeneration scene, and I I honestly don't blame him, but um, the regeneration scene that we do see on uh, TV, Sylvester McCoy plays both the seventh, I mean, sixth doctor. And because you can't see his face, and uh, then of course he plays himself as the um, seventh doctor. But why was all this going on? If I remember correctly, I believe that Colin Baker had either recently had a divorce or was going through a divorce, and the person that he was divorcing from 
was related to Michael, uh, Michael Grade. Uh, ding, 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 wow. ding, ding, ding. Wow. So, Blood runs deep. Yep. <laughs> and such a tangle web we weave. Wow. When we practice in time and relative dimensions in space. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, Professor. You're welcome. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I guess we could jump back into the episode a bit. Um, so what what do you guys think about when Bill, like, read the uh, sign on the TARDIS? And I know, Kyle, you just posted a picture on Instagram of this actual sign that you had printed out. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, dead. Yeah. Yeah. So so I guess she kind of derives from that that he's like a space policeman or intergalactic policeman or whatever which i thought was pretty funny but yeah she goes back and tries to help the doctor and the next scene of them together is probably the only time that i remember other than maybe early on with rose of just somebody being in awe of the doctor because she actually um, says something about uh, you're my professor or something. And she's just like, it looks like she's just totally in awe of who he is. Uh, what do you guys think of, of, of those scenes? And you take it. I've been talking for 10 minutes. You take that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got that too. And she, you know, she was just, you know, calling him her tutor and, you know, and, and things like that. And, and just that sense of wonder, you know, that she kind of approaches everything, you know, in the episode or, you know, or so far in the series, just, I mean, she's just so enamored, I guess, with, you know, with everything that she's seeing and with everything that he's doing. And, uh, you know, which, you know, he said himself, you know, I'm the doctor and I save people. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe, you know, maybe she's kind of not off the, you know, not too far yeah. off the mark with that. Yeah. You know, with that, you know, that she said. And which, uh, when we were talking about earlier about, you know, he, you know, him trying to keep her safe and telling her to stay in the TARDIS and, or telling her to stay at the map after he, yeah, oh. yeah he, you know, that he's like, tell good. me where to go. And she's like, wait a minute, you, you know, you've already, you know, you've already memorized the map, haven't you? Yeah. That you was know, good. it, that, which, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I try, I start speculating on these kind of things and, you know, going back to uh, last week's episode, you know, the pilot where, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to wipe her memory at the end of the episode and, you know, and he keeps kind of doing all these things to, you know, to protect her. It's like, you know, because I fully believe he kind of knows what's going to happen. And, you know, I don't believe that 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 was the same version of the doctor that, you know, appeared outside of the, you know, the school. You know, that was a, you know, a later version, I think. Oh, really? You know, that was a different, that's, that's, that was my take on it. See, that was my take too. And, and I don't think you guys understood what I was asking last week, but yeah, Uh, that's what, that was my thought too, that, that, because think about it. uh, He was so angry when uh, he was telling her, get out, get out, get out, you know, leave. Uh, And then when she gets outside he's like come on let's go you know and the contrast there so so angie i agree with you there you know i i I thought that at first but i thought maybe he just had a quick change of heart because there's no way he could have been off having adventures and then came back all of a sudden and picked her up but he did say he can go from uh, anywhere uh, in the future or past by the time the killer bull, whatever. I know I said that wrong. But <laughs> but but he very well could have been off gallivanting, gallivanting and come back all of a sudden to pick her up. I, that is a possibility. 
Yeah, you know, you almost get that sense of, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I know what's coming, and I'm going to stop it before it even starts. You know, oh. trying to wipe her memory. And, of course, she you knows. She says, hey, you know, how would you feel? You know, kind of, of course, I'm paraphrasing. You know, and he does know how he would feel because he had that happen to him, you know. So that kind of stopped him in his tracks. And, uh, you know, to me, you know, every time he says, you know, stay here or, you know, memorize, you know, or tell me where to go on the map or, you know, things like that. And he's trying to keep her, you know, out of harm's way. You know, yeah. And I know that, you know, that could just be, you know, that could, you know, may not have any meaning. But then again, you know, I keep going back to that and thinking, well, you know, does he know something that we don't know? Of course, he's the doctor. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to get uh, on up to when the humans actually woke up. And so we see, you know, obviously, other than the little boy, we start seeing them wake up. And there's this um, this guy with the beard that's like the, I don't know what his position was, but we're, we're going to say the guy with the guns that's the hothead. So, Clarence, what did you, th- what did you think of him? Uh, I thought he was fine. I kind of don't blame him as, you know, somebody that is waking up from a long, presumably long slumber and finding his people are being killed off by who are supposed to be their robots, which he even says. So um, I don't don't blame him much. But, you know, the doctor tries to settle the situation, which um, he doesn't do a very good job of. (laughs) So, Angie, what did you think of him? Yeah, well, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I agree with Clarence. And, you know, the human nature is, you know, kind of retaliation or, you know, oh, you, you, you hurt somebody near to me or you killed somebody, you know, I'm going to get you. You know, that's kind of, yeah. you know, that's kind of our human mentality. And, um, you know, I also I thought one of the neat things was, you know, these are some of the colonists, you know, they talked about, you know, the end of the world back with, with Eccleston, you know, the second episode, you know, where they're watching, you know, the, the sun um, consume the earth. And, you know, they were talking about the colonists, you know, that all, you know, they they had to evacuate earth and they all had to go to different places. And that was neat that we got to see, you know, yeah. one of the, that was kind of one of the, you know, ships or that's kind of, you know, that's what I took out of it. Uh, that was one of the ships that, you know, they had to evacuate Earth, and that was kind of, it brought me back, you know, kind of to that episode to think about, you know, okay, well, this is kind of what happened to one of them. And um, so just, you know, they were already in a bad, you know, in bad situation, and, you know, before they even went to sleep, because they had to evacuate their home. And so, yeah, I'm sure that was probably, you know, that, you know, they were probably already emotional, you know, from that. And then, of course, you know, they find this out, then, you know, when they wake up, you know, that their loved ones are, are being killed when they thought that, you know, the, the things that they had, you know, in, uh, put to make in their new world, you know, to that, uh, you know, they're destroying them instead. And, you know, it, I, I kind of understood where he was coming from with that. You know, they were already emotional. And then it was like, you know, you know we, we're going to go control something. We're going to, you know, we're going to go take them out. So that was. Yeah. yeah, that that was a good thing. You know, and I can see where both of you are coming from, but my take on that was, and and maybe it was a little bit more cynical, but my take on that was, isn't it just like the human population yeah. that when they wake up, yeah. the first thing was mine and conquer, mine and conquer. Yeah. It's mine Absolutely. and I'm going to conquer. Yeah, I mean, which actually reminded me a lot of Arrival, which we reviewed at the end of last year sometime. 
But, you know, in this situation, I kind of don't blame them because, <laughs> you know, these robots are killing off their their um, their loved ones. So I, I kind of give them a slight pass on that. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really we're always gung ho to uh, to to pick up some guns and try <laughs> and try to blast our way through the situation. Right. You know, it's interesting, Angie, that you mentioned the Eccleston era. You know, in the um, episode An Empty Child, we had these robots that were actually able to reconfigure matter and they created the Are You My Mummy Child. Right, right. You know, it, it makes me wonder that if those robots or nanobots or whatever are, and the Vardy are of the same or similar type of construction that, because they do similar things. <sighs> It's funny you should say that because, like, when the boy is walking and he says, I want my mummy or something, he says something mummy. to that effect. Yeah, yeah my mummy. I, I thought of that same thing, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I actually went back because I couldn't remember what they called the uh, the organisms in The Empty Child, and I had to go back and I was like, were they called a Vardy? Or <laughs> and, so what were uh, they called? Na- uh, nanogenes. Nanogenes, okay. Yeah, so that it was. I actually went back and looked because yeah, I'm just like you guys. I got the I got that same, you know, uh, reference back to that. And maybe they were trying to do that. Do Do you think they were trying to make a larger statement? And I kind of just throwing this out there, but I really didn't think that about the episode that they may have been trying to make a larger statement with the 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 slave robots rebelling. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, the doctor did make reference to that, you know, and he did talk about, uh, he said, you know, what do, you know, what do slave populations, you know, ultimately do? They fight back. And yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I, I can kind of see that. I took it more, not necessarily of them revolting. I took it more of they evolved beyond their original intent. You know, they, they gained a sentience. And, you know, I think that I took it more of a yeah. um, comment on our own techno, you know, technology centric yeah. world of ever evolving technology as opposed to, you know, a, 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 a people themselves. Now, does that say I'm being cold by not thinking of the robots as people or beings, perhaps? But I saw it more as the evolution of their technology beyond what they thought it was going to be yeah um definitely very black mirror-ish kind of and you know it was compared to that oh really yes there was (laughs) on twitter there was a a lot of you know and not not in a negative way from everything i've read but there was a lot of oh i've watched uh doctor who on black mirror last night (laughs) (laughs) might be why i enjoyed it so much maybe so so I, I do have one huge problem with the resolution of this episode. Reset. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> he makes this big speech about, uh, I guess he quotes some story. I don't know if it's real or not about um, this reset and some three wishes. And, yeah, he, he resets the robots because he discovers they are sentient. They can learn. They're sentient. So my whole thing is, if you discover they're sentient, then you reset them. Aren't you destroying anything they've gained by becoming sentient? It's like one of the greatest rules in any sci-fi show. Uh, I think of Star Trek. I think of Commander Data. After seven seasons, what, did, what, what would he be if you reset him? 
uh, the EMH on Voyager after seven seasons, what would he be if he reset him? And they even he, went to so far in Voyager to do an episode about that, remember? Yeah, several, and several of TNG as well. So the fact that he just reset them and that was the resolution, I thought that was kind of clumsily done. Okay, here's my argument to that on top of that, which is... Um, with with that reset and he tells them about the reset what's to prevent the reset from happening again by the humans by the humans going in and resetting them I don't know if I gathered this well, you know if he if he says oh I press the reset button well that does what's to say two generations from now and the, and and they don't like what the robots are doing they go in and mash the button again yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like the fact that he's trying to make them work together from that point forward. But yeah, this just just something about the whole reset. And you know, it seems like it was clearly thought out because we had a whole speech, like I said. But I think that was kind of just clumsy uh, on the part of whoever wrote the show. All right. So um, overall. Uh, you know, I think, uh, well, you, you said what you thought of the last episode, so ladies first again. Uh, Angie, what did you, and, and I hope I'm not jumping here, but Clarence, can did you have anything else on the episode you wanted to cover? Uh, that's about it, other than how hilarious, hilari- how funny it was to see the doctor smile or fake a smile most of the episode I thought was pretty great. But other than that, I think we covered it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He was was scary when he smiled. Yeah, (laughs) yes, he was. (laughs) All right, so Angie, what did you think of the um, the uh, episode on a one to five for smile? I I think again, I I really you know I really loved it overall. I'm just I'm just enjoying the whole you know just the whole freshness and just the whole newness of you know of the new series and and Bill and everything. I mean, so I'm just I'm I'm gonna stick with you know I'm gonna say it's a five. It's it's a solid five for me. Even though you know I understand where Clarence is coming from with the end of it. You know maybe it would have been better. You know if they had um, maybe just kind of. You know, made the uh, you know you know made the robots forget them without doing a full reset. You know, instead of you know, kind of like the Daleks for you know they forgot, you know, the Doctor at one point. Um, you know, maybe something like that rather than you know destroying the the sentience. You know, like he's talking about. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, I I, I really did like it. I, I thought it was very well done. I and, and and all the and all the funny part, you know, the uh, the the uh, all the little, you know, the one liners. I mean, and the th- and think about it. Most of this episode, it was just uh, the doctor and uh, Bill. Yeah, they carried, yeah. you know, they pretty much carried the entire episode themselves, and they did a great job with it. Certainly. So, so Clarence, what do you think? Uh, I'll drop it around a four. I really enjoyed it. I love the Black Mirror-esque aspect of it. Uh, again, like we said last week, another episode that's great, I think, for anybody who's trying to get into Doctor Who for the first time. It's, it's you know, we for us, it's a new, um, a new enemy or whatever. But, you know, you don't have to know the history of the Daleks and all this, this stuff to, to actually get in the episode. It's... It's a fresh, you no, know, mostly standalone episode that you can just get in and watch and enjoy. Okay. What so, about you, Kyle? So here's my thought. You know, 
last last week, of course, you know, it's been so long since we've had Doctor Who that I had plenty of things to talk about with it. This week, you know, I found myself, regardless of how much I enjoyed it, when it came to the actual story behind what was going on with the characters, I found it hard to even make notes or anything to, um, you know, talk about because there wasn't a lot of story going on. I mean, you had a lot of interaction, but you didn't have a lot of story. So for the interaction part of it between uh, Bill and the doctor, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I think I on the cult I gave it another five. But but after seeing it, um, you know, again and and watching it again, I'm going to you know bring that down just a little bit to a 4.5, mainly because of the enjoying of the interaction with Bill and the Doctor. So 4.5 for me. Yeah, which is funny that you say that because even. As as sparse as this episode was, as far as content of an actual plot and stuff, it has way more than the first episode to me. <laughs> way more. So I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. <laughs> well, it was a lot more of that. You know, it was a lot of relationship develop, development between the doctor and the companion. You know, it was a, a lot of, you know, Bill and, you know, Bill and the doctor getting to know each other and kind of, you know, and just kind of setting that groundwork i think a lot you know between the two of them you know but i think it really worked well totally agree all right well good deal well angie i just want to say on behalf of myself clarence and lee who is by the way i never even mentioned that lee wasn't with us tonight but i guess everyone (laughs) has figured that out from saying it last week that lee wasn't going to be with us um you know just want to say thank you again for joining us Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Clarence, uh, anything else you're working on? Uh, nothing, man, but the same old, same old. Uh, visit uh, com for your tech geek news slash all that type of stuff, <laughs> anime, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, that's techpedition.com, T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, we had a recording of Doctor Who Podshock um, the other night on Friday, so that should be out soon. So go to podshock.net to find that. And on behalf of everyone at Discussing Who, we are out of here. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.